Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of This Week in History. This week, it's episode number seven, and we're looking at the week of January 29th to February 4th. And it's Thursday, it's 12 p.m. Glad you joined us, whether you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, plus also listening to us audio-wise anytime on our different podcast networks such as iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Be sure to like and subscribe so you'll never miss another episode because we also have Fantasy Warfare Tournament that happens Wednesdays at 6 p.m. and Thursday nights at 8 o'clock is the regular Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. But like I said, today we are here for this week in history. And to be able to do that, we need to bring in Jonesy. He's in Niagara Falls. How are you today, Jonesy? I'm doing pretty good, actually. I'm just ready to read a whole bunch of stuff about wrestling and just reminisce about the good old times. It is a good th thing. And uh, this week is a little bit lighter, I noticed, uh, when you sent the uh, uh, list of uh, things that were going on. There was a lot less pages compared to other weeks. But, you know, we're winding down at the end of uh, January. So there's only a few uh, things involving the Royal Rumbles. And, of course, at the beginning of February, they were kind of quiet with pay-per-views coming off of the Royal Rumbles anyways. And I think usually WCW wouldn't be until at least the second week, if not further into February, with uh, things like Super Brawl uh, coming up. And then, of course, WD with things like No Way Out, or uh, eventually Elimination Chamber. So the beginning of February is also a quiet time. So let's uh, dive in, see what we got uh, this week. It could be a quicker episode. Uh, there's definitely some birthdays and some rumbles to uh, look at. And uh, yeah, so a couple of extra things. But let's dive in, see what uh, topics we end up discussing more about. And go. Oh, right. Let's fill your brains with some useless wrestling information. Um, so it's this week, January 29th to February 4th. We're going to start with January 29th. 25 years ago today at WCW main event, Conan defeated One Man Gang to win the WCW United States Championship. 19 years ago today at a SmackDown taping, Diamond Dallas Page defeated Christian to win the WWF European Championship. It's too bad he didn't win more there, but DDP was pretty much <coughs> washed up by then. Yeah, well, how they, how they brought him in wasn't that great either. Like, as the stalker of yes. uh, Undertaker's wife, the way he ended up finishing in WCW as uh, going from rags to riches, basically, uh, even though the rich part when he won the lottery was horrible, but then built himself back up as the people's champion, would have been better suited of him against, say, The Rock and uh, be people's champion versus people's champion. Instead, we ended up getting Booker T and The Rock because they both had the same uh, finishing maneuvers, the uh, bookend and the rock bottom. And the one line that ended up causing Sting not to come to WWE was when Rock said, who are you, to Booker T. In his normal mm -hmm. Rock thing, but because of that image, that's why Sting didn't come. But imagine if the two people's champions uh, ended up going against each other. 
That could have yeah. been something instead of the stalker gimmick. And then he did the motivational speaker thing. Oh, yeah. Now I remember that, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so we're going to continue on now. It's 15 years ago today. WWE presented Royal Rumble 2006. Gregory Helms defeated Kid Cash, Franaki, Jamie Noble, Nunzio, and Paul London in a Cruiserweight Inventational match to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Rey Mysterio last eliminated Randy Orton to win the Royal Rumble match and a championship match of his choosing at WrestleMania 22. John Cena defeated Edge to win the WWE Championship. Kurt Angle defeated Mark Henry to retain the world belt. And Rey Mysterio lasted 62 minutes, 12 seconds. Uh, this is also the first Royal Rumble match to have two men last one hour. Yeah, it was uh, a Royal Rumble that I actually watched uh, this past weekend with it being uh, Royal Rumble weekend. I uh, said uh, yesterday on the uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament that I think I took in about 10 different ones, including uh, the 2021 edition. And this uh, one with 2006 was kind of a blur because I remember being at a friend's house for it, but because of them having their uh, children there and stuff like that, it wasn't one that I was able to focus on type deal because I was obviously social with them uh, and talking about that. So going back and watching it uh, by myself uh, this weekend just was like, oh, totally new event in a way. I knew Rey Mysterio won type deal, but yeah, just everything that came with that. And you had John Cena winning back the title from Edge, I think only about six days after Edge had won it, uh, or oh, it was a little bit longer than that, but they had just had their live sex celebration, him and Lita, and poof, it's gone. So it was like, why even bother other than the shock factor of putting the belt on Edge? So they could do the sex thing. I think that was why. Someone someone had a special deal, got that heart-shaped uh, um, uh, bed that they had up there, and uh, hey, we got to use it. Nine years ago today, oh, sorry, 14 years ago today, John Zena and Shawn Michaels defeated rated RKO, Orton and Edge to win the World Tag Team Championship. Nine years ago today, WWE presented another Rumble. It was the 2012. Daniel Bryan defeated Mark Henry and Big Show in a triple threat steel cage match to return the World Heavyweight Championship. Brodus Clay defeated Drew McIntyre. CM Punk defeated Dolph Ziggler to retain the WWE Championship. Uh, John Laronitis was the uh, special res referee. And Sheamus Lassen eliminated Chris Jericho to win the Royal Rumble match. And, of course, the championship match of his choosing. Some of the Rumble bits. Uh, Kane did not compete in this Rumble match, at making it the first in 14 years. He was not in the event. Uh, this was uh, Karma's only official WWE match. Uh, she was released from the company sometime after the event. Yeah, unfortunately, and fortunately, at the same time, uh, her lack of being in the company was due to her getting pregnant. Uh, so she had to make that announcement. And she was, oddly enough, with how big uh, and dominant she was, she was being bullied by the Bella Twins uh, during that time. And then she came up pregnant and so ended up leaving. 
And unfortunately for Kia Stevens, she uh, had a miscarriage. And so the uh, baby didn't come. It took her a long while for her to get back into the ring. And she did go uh, back to TNA. But people also would recognize uh, her as being welfare queen on uh, the the three episodes of Glow for uh, Netflix. And she had a really good episode. I believe it was in season three with uh, uh, a character as her son. Uh, basically talking about almost Black Lives Matter and stuff like that and how uh, he thought he was, uh, she was being degraded by being welfare queen. So I, she's definitely talented, and I know she returned to uh, TNA. She now, did a of matches in AW, AEW as well. Was that her doing, like, was she, was she playing that character all seasons? Yeah, all three seasons she was welfare queen. Oh, okay. I, I, I did not know that that was her. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's that that's that's neat because I I actually liked Karma when she came in because I never really seen her uh, in TNA because I didn't really follow it and uh, she came down at the Rumble. It was I thought it was great. It was like another evolution of a China type character where it's like. Yeah, I could believe she could take on some of these men. She may not be able to win um, uh, as often as she'd like, but I think she could like go for a U.S. belt or um, uh, an IC belt. So, and definitely with the women, she would dominate. So I can see why they'd be a little jealous of her. Um, so we're going to be moving on now to January thirty first. We're going to go back a bit. 117 years ago today in London, England, George Hackensmith uh, defeated Ahmed Madrelli to become the recognized undisputed world heavyweight champion. And back then they didn't uh, uh, decide who won. They wrestled until they were all freaking tired. These guys would go for like hour or two straight just to um, uh, get one match and crazy stuff. Uh, 30 years ago today, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 14, uh, Dixie Dynamite. It was the first Clash of the Champions event uh, produced solely by WCW. Dusty Rhodes made his return to WCW after spending the last two years in the WWF. Saw Terrence Taylor defeat Ricky Morton. Arn Anderson and Barry Windham defeated the Renegades, Youngblood and Mark Youngblood. Uh, Flying Brian defeated Buddy Lee Parker. And Ric Flair and Scott Steiner fought to a draw for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I'd be interested to see if, uh, going back on the WD Network, if that logo that I put up uh, originally uh, actually still is existing on the network, considering it's the Confederate flag. Um, it was. Uh, can we see that? Can we see that again? I wasn't. I didn't see it. I was looking at the other screen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think it's covered flag. up enough, though. Yeah, but look at all the uh, backlash that you hear about the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard having it on top and all this other stuff. Yes, but they're not openly advertising that. I mean, if if WWE started, you know, going, "Hey, don't forget to watch this one," boop, 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 put it up on the screen. Um, I think that would be different. But I, I know what you're you're saying. But then, if they're gonna take that away, God, they gotta they gotta take away a lot of the things that Hulk Hogan said 
and his matches leading up to like WrestleMania seven. And there, like, there was some stuff that these guys said that today, no, that wouldn't be allowed. But back no. then it was like, of course, that's what we call those people. You know, <laughs> there, there are so many things that uh, do not age well. Uh, Cause even with that flag, you'd have uh, Shanghai Pierce and Tex Lassinger. Uh, mm. Uh, they had the that logo. You'd have the Young Pistols in WCW having uh, to get that uh, cleared up. Uh, I believe the Freebirds as well. And then just listening to uh, 83 Weeks this week, and they were talking about uh, Harlem Heat. There's an unshown uh, uh, match where Harlem Heat first came in, looking like they were from a chain gang that escaped. Yes. But had Colonel Robert Parker, a Southern uh, gentleman, uh, plantation-like owner, with yeah, them. I as forget manager. what that team was called, but, uh, yeah, I remember reading that. I, I might have been in one of these things that, that, that we've done. Um, yeah, there's some stuff that uh, – and, you know, maybe that's a, that's a list to uh, collaborate over of all the things that – you know, today wouldn't stand. Yeah. So now we're going to 20 years ago today. Uh, WWF taped SmackDown Extreme. Airing two days later, the show featured a unique cross-promotion for that weekend's debut of the XFL. Every featured match on the show had a stipulation. Some of the matches were the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley defeated the Hardy Boys, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy in a tables match to retain the WWF Tag Team Championship. Chris Jericho defeated Taz to retain the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Kane and The Undertaker defeated Haku and Rikishi in a first blood match. And Kurt Angle defeated uh, Triple H and The Rock in a triple threat match to retain the WWF Championship. And, you know, reading that, I didn't, I didn't know that Haku actually returned yeah, after WCW. I didn't, I didn't, uh, at least I don't remember that. It was a very short-lived uh, return. Uh, he had taken part on WCW uh, pay-per-view Sin and did a hardcore match where he ended up uh, having the title. And I think a week later, he was walking down the aisle uh obviously without the title, because WD didn't pull that sort of thing, but uh, he was walking down the aisle to be part of the Royal Rumble, and then they teamed up uh, the Samoans together, but Haku didn't, unfortunately, last too long. I think maybe two months at most uh, yeah. after coming back, but yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, some of the Rumble bits. Uh, Batista and John Zena eliminated themselves at the same time, uh, Vince McMahon stormed down to the ring and tore both of his quads entering the ring. Uh, quite uh, funny, but also painful at the same time. Uh, yeah, Batista yeah, would. That was at the 2005 uh, Royal Rumble, where uh, Sunday Night Heat had Maven against Rhino, Edge uh, defeating Shawn Michaels, and Undertaker uh, defeating Heinrich in a casket match. And that's when, as uh, you see here, Batista and uh, John Cena. Uh, battling over who uh, actually was the last uh, one standing. And in 94, it was purposely done. But in 2005, it was a total accidental boo-boo. 
And then they had to figure that out. And Vince, as you said, uh, came raging down. And when he dove to go into the ring, both quads popped. And he still made it back uh, to the uh, gorilla position after he'd sat there and made a decision to have the guys continue uh, the fight. The guy is crazy, Vince McMahon is, that he still did that and then went home for surgery. I think by that time he'd experienced physical pain, so I would imagine he'd know that, okay, I'm not going to die, but this hurts like a son of a bitch. And also I think like for a bit there you could tell it was like a deer in the headlights that just seen a, a gun. Because you just see him, like, when you plop down, he's just kind of like, oh, you see his eyes kind of dim a bit. And then he goes, okay, got to continue. So, Yeah, uh, he slid in there and was about to get up. And he almost looked like a baby giraffe on its first day <laughs> trying to stand on legs. And it did not work. And at <laughs> least he, at least everybody in the ring uh, just quickly ad-libbed and went, okay, you're stuck here on the floor, of yep. the mat, like on the mat. We're going to still plead our case and uh, do that. The referees were still in there. Both John Cena and Batista were like uh, arguing back and forth and just pleading their case to Vince as though he was still standing there. So that took a lot of people going ad lib go because I don't think yeah, a lot of a lot of professionals in that ring. Yeah. Uh, so Batista would win the Rumble again in 2014 from the 28. Uh, slot. He is the only man to win multiple rumble rumbles, drawing the same number. Uh, ten years ago today, WWE presented Royal Rumble 2011. Surprise returns of Kevin Nash and Booker T. Nash hadn't been in WWE since 2003, and Booker since 2007. This was a 40-man uh, rumble match. Edge defeated Dolph Ziggler to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Eve Torres defeated Natalia, Layla, and Michelle McCool in a fatal four-way match to win the WWE Divas Championship, and Alberto Del Rio last limited Santino Morella to win the Royal Rumble match and the championship match of his choosing at WrestleMania 27. Some of the Rumble bits here, 20 of the 40 men in the match recorded at least one elimination each which is a Rumble record, and CM Punk and John Cena both had seven eliminations. Uh, seven years ago today, TNA taped the 500th episode of Impact. Uh, Abyss defeated Eric Young in a Monsters Ball match. Samoa Joe defeated Bobby Roode to become the number one contender for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Moving on now to January 31st. 23 years ago today, WCW presented the audio, a PPL, which is pay per listen, event in uh, at the event called the Boston Brawl. The main event had featured a steel cage match that heard Sting defeat Hollywood Hogan. I do remember, I think, didn't WWF not have a one that was a, like on a station or whatever, like a radio station? Yeah, WD was doing, or WWF, should I say, was doing Radio WWF, and there was a couple of uh, pay-per-views where uh, it was Vince and whomever uh, his co-commentator uh, was at ringside doing that. Meanwhile, JR and uh, Monsoon were up top uh, commentating, and then I think 
it was during a rumble that they traded off for a match uh, just to get them on TV and talk about also uh, the radio WWF. But it definitely was a forerunner to, um, I guess, podcasts and stuff like that that you get now. But at the same time, it was almost, I guess, taking the idea of Major League Baseball and hockey and football that you could hear on the radio. Um, I'm surprised in a way, but not that it did not uh, last long because I guess wrestling, you need that visual over uh, what the other sports do. But I don't know if it could be done again. I think it would work better today. Um, especially if you had it throughout the Indies where a team just goes to different events across Ontario or Canada and, and did that as a prod podcast. So there you go. Someone out there get going on that shit. Okay. Sorry. Um, I've been thinking about it. It'd take a lot to do, but, um, I think the secret is in the commentary team, how you describe things. I actually love listening to a ball game outside in the summertime. I don't need to see it. And really, baseball is a fairly boring game, but it's that slow tranquility. And then hockey is super fast paced. And that you think, hey, I got to go see that. It can't be enjoyable on on um, radio well it is if you'd like team and you know the team you can visualize a lot of it so enough about that we're going to 23 years ago actually yeah we're um january 31st so 23 years ago today ecw presented hostile city showdown 98 Chris Chetty and jerry lynn defeated the full-blooded italians little guido and tracy smothers Rob Van Dam and Sabu defeated uh, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney by DQ. In a four-way melee, Rob Van Dam and Sabu defeated the Dudley Boys, the Gangsters, or sorry, the Gangstonators, which is Kronos and New Jack, and Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. 21 years ago today, Shohi Baba, a.k.a. the legendary giant Baba, died of cancer in Tokyo, Japan. He was 61 years old. 20 years ago today on Raw is War, former WCW wrestler Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko all made their WWF debut. They interfered during a tag team match between the New Age Outlaws and Head Cheese. Uh, Jim Ross uh, dubbed the foursome as radicals. This episode had Hervinia, Harvey Wimpleman, and a drag defeating the cat in a lumberjill match. Oh, you found the picture. Oh, that's just great. Uh, to win the WWF Women's Championship. He's the only male wrestler ever to win the title. And you know what? I always thought that that like someone like either Goldust or Leaping Lanny Poffo uh, should have gone for the women's belt at least once. Um, uh, the main event saw The Rock defeat Kurt Angle. This was Angle's first pinfall loss in the WWF. Yeah, it's a shame with the, the uh, arrival of the Radicals. Uh, it was awesome to see them uh, four sitting there, especially after what had happened with the uh, title and Chris Benoit over in uh, 
WCW and winning it from Sid, dropping it to Sid and all this other stuff, and then showing up uh, a week or so later on uh, WTV or WF TV. And the four of them in the front row, uh, you mentioned that they uh, got involved in the uh, match uh, involving uh, Head Cheese and, the, and DX. The worst part of that whole uh, thing was the fact that Eddie got up to the top rope and did his frog splash, but the way he ended up landing and probably uh, didn't help not knowing the difference between a WCW ring and a WWE ring, but he ended up landing and blowing out his uh elbow and arm uh, and so his instant uh debut had to be tarnished by this injury and had to wait for him to heal up before he could get into the ring and it was the other three who had to carry the uh torch for the uh radicals and eddie just at ringside all right uh and so i'm trying to think where the heck i went there we go. Uh, 11 years ago today, WWE presented another Royal Rumble, the 2010 edition. This show had the unadvertised return of Edge, who was out five months after a shoulder injury. Christian defeated Ezekiel Jackson to retain the ECW championship. This would be the last time the ECW championship is defended on pay-per-view. The Miz defeated MVP to retain the United States championship. Mickey James defeated Michelle McCool in just 20 seconds to win the WWE Women's Championship. The Undertaker defeated Rey Mysterio and Edge last eliminated John Cena to win the Royal Rumble match. In this Rumble, Edge's 7 minutes and 19 seconds of in-ring time is the shortest of any Rumble winner. And off to February 1st, a new month, more memories. 28 years ago today, on Monday Night Raw, Lex Luger makes his WWF in-ring debut with a win over Jason Knight. Brutus the Barber Beefcake returned nearly a year after his barber shop was destroyed by an unhappy customer, Sid Vicious. This would be the beginning of the returning Hulkster in the upcoming weeks. And I don't actually remember uh, the barber's um, barbershop getting destroyed by uh, Sid Vicious. Um, is, is, is there clips of this? I have never. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely clips of it. Uh, especially if you look, uh, for any, uh, botches with Sid, uh, unfortunately oh. it, it does uh, fall into that because he did end up destroying the barbershop. And one of the things, I'm not sure if it was the talcum powder was actually full of talcum powder. And when <laughs> he, uh, Oh, I it, might blew up in his face type deal uh, when it bounced or something like that. And when he was uh, finishing up his rant, uh, you, all you see is the talc on his uh, face. And uh, so, yeah, definitely something to look uh, back at. All right, I'll have to look for that. Since botches. But, uh, yeah, this uh, thing with Beefcake, I loved it uh, in a way because I was a Beefcake fan, even though uh, you know, people uh, wonder, Brutus the fucking barber Beefcake. Uh, if you listen to Conrad uh, Thompson stuff, curious that he beat uh, Mr. Perfect in his uh, first loss uh, for starters and such a Hogan uh, friend. But this one was the acknowledging that he was going to come back to uh, wrestling. And I think it was still during that episode where 
Uh, Vince is so happy he came back. I'll put up the picture again. And it was uh, during this uh, interview that Money Inc. ended up coming out and beating him up and used the Halliburton briefcase on Beefcake's face. And it was just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Because everybody knew that his face had been crushed uh, in that parasailing accident. And then you end up having him back uh, the next week with Hogan. They're both wearing red and yellow. And they decide Hogan's coming back in time for WrestleMania. And, well, everything that happened after that, you can find out in the Yokozuna uh, documentary as well uh, from that night. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I thought it was kind of cool in a way that a guy that I was not a fan of, Hogan, I thought at that moment was stepping back away from the main event scene to be with Beefcake and do the whole tag team thing. So I was like, okay, this is cool. So I was wrong at WrestleMania. But, yeah, it was a good uh, moment, I thought, in 93. Well, uh, uh, Beefcake definitely sold uh, getting hit uh, with the briefcase and everything very well. 11 years ago today, WWE announces legend Antonio Noki would enter the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, 11 years ago, we lost Freddie Joe Briscoe, a.k.a. Jack Briscoe, who died of complications from open-heart surgery. He was 68. Born in September 21st, 1941, in Seminole, Oklahoma, both but raised in Blackwell, Oklahoma. Wow, Oklahoma. I'm having trouble with that. He was a national NCAA uh, wrestling runner-up at 191 pounds in uh, 1964 and won the national title in 1965, making him the first Native American national champion in the sport. Right out of college, Jack began wrestling professionally. He would win championships for many NWA affiliates, including Oklahoma and NWA Arkansas, as well as team with Haystacks Calhoun to win the NWA Tri-State U.S. Tag Team Championship. And the first of 10 NWA Florida Tag Team titles with Ceylon Necro. Is that how you say that? Ceylon Necro? Necro? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, I apologize. My my uh, uh, names for some of them aren't very good. Uh, he would tour Japan and Australia before he began teaming with his brother Gerald in Florida. Jack would become the NWA Florida television champion in November 1970, then win the NWA Florida tag titles with Gerald in February 1971. Jack won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Harley Race in July 1973. He would hold it for the next two and a half years, losing it to Terry Funk in December 1975. Jack would wrestle in many NWA territories and had a stint in 81 with uh, Perito Ricos. Man, that's, that's a hard one to say. Uh, World Wrestling Council winning their Caribbean Heavyweight Championship. In 1984, the Briscoes, who had a minority stake in Georgia Championship Wrestling, convinced a majority of their shareholders to sell it to McMahon, setting up the infamous Black Sunday incident that July. In December 1984, the Briscoes went to a double countout with the North-South Connection, 
uh, A.D. Red Adonis and Dick Murdoch for the WWF Tag Team Championship. It would prove to be Jack's last major bout. Uh, Jack retired from the business entirely in early 1985, while his brother Gerald transformed into a backstage role within the WWF slash E until his retirement in 2009. Uh, Post-retirement, Jack ran the Briscoe Brothers Body Shop with his brothers Gerald and Bill. Uh, Jack was introduced into the inaugural Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame class in 96, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2005, and the WWE Hall of Fame in 2008. And on February 1st, 2010, Briscoe died of complications from open-heart surgery. At the time of his passing, he was survived by his wife of 30 years, Jan, his five siblings, Gerald, Bean, Jean, Sharon, and Shirley, and three children. It's a happy 34th birthday to Rhonda Jean Rousey, her mother, Anne-Marie DeMars was the first American-born world judo champion in 1984. Rhonda spent her younger years with apraxia. This is a neurological child speech sound disorder brought on by having an umbilical cord wrapped around her neck at birth. Tough beginnings. At age 11, Rhonda began training in judo with her mother until Rhonda accidentally broke her mother's wrist. Ouch. Yeah. At age 17, Rhonda became the youngest judoka in the Olympics in Athens. She would win the World Junior Judo Championship that year. Then the Birmingham World Cup in 2006, becoming the first female American judoka to win a A-level tournament. She would win many more medals, including and and the including and the gold medal in the 2007 Pan American Games. In 2008, when she won a bronze medal at the Summer Olympics in Beijing, becoming the first American woman to medal in women's judo since the sports was added to the games in 1992. Following, following the Olympics, Rousey retired from judo and began formal MMA training through Team Hayastan and Glendale Fighting Club. In August 2010, she made her mixed martial arts debut with a 27, sorry, a 20 three-second submission win. In March 2011, she made her professional MMA debut for King of the Cage with a 25-second submission win over a Dane Gomes. She would go on to become EFC's first women's bantamweight champion. In August at UFC 190, she knocked out Beth Correa in just 34 seconds. Post-fight, she dedicated the win to Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who passed away just a day earlier. Her acting career appearing in The Expendables 3 in 2014, Furious 7, and in Entourage in 2015. She also is an Arthur Penning uh, My Fight, Your Fight with Maria Burns Ortiz. Uh, Rhonda had a cameo appearance at WrestleMania 31, interacting with The Rock, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon, which would eventually lead her to her WWE run, uh, where she would hold some gold. And also main event a WrestleMania with uh, Charlotte and, uh, Rhea, and uh, Becky Lynch. And, and she stepped away. Pardon? That was two years ago or last year? Yeah, two years ago. 
that was the uh, main event of WrestleMania uh, 35. And they kind of left the door open for her because uh, with the fact that Becky didn't totally get her uh, shoulders down, uh, whether that was intentional or not, Becky uh, ended up getting the uh, titles as most people expected. Ronda left to uh, eventually have a child, which hasn't happened yet with her husband. I believe Travis Brown is the name. Uh, they haven't uh, been successful yet, uh, but her contract with WWE actually comes up uh, just around WrestleMania this year, uh, mid-April. So uh, we'll have to see if she'll end up getting um, back into WWE ring for WrestleMania, since that's going to be in front of uh, fans at uh, Raymond J Stadium in uh, Tampa, or if uh, they'll just let her contract roll over or end. But she is still currently under WWE uh, contract. Hmm. Very interesting. Thirty-five years ago today, Charles Eugene Wolf. Uh, Junior, best known to wrestling fans as Gino Hernandez, a.k.a. one half of the dynamic duo, not the Batman kind, died of a drug overdose in his apartment in Highland Park, Texas. He was just 28. 35 years ago, NWA presented Superstars on the Superstation from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Appearing on the show in cameo appearances were singer Willie Nelson and former Major League Baseball pitcher Gaylord Perry. The Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry, defeated the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard fought to a 20-minute time limit draw for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. And Ric Flair defeated Ron Garvin to retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 13 years ago today in Las Vegas, Nevada, former WWE and NCAA Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar makes his UFC debut at UFC 81. He loses by submission via knee bar to Frank Mir in just 90 seconds. 11 years ago today, and yes, in Memphis, Tennessee, Vince McMahon makes a surprise appearance on ECW on Sci-Fi to announce the end of ECW on Sci-Fi. The replacement would turn out to be the original NXT show, which lasted nine months on Sci-Fi. February 3rd, 48 years ago today, All Japan Pro Wrestling joins the National Wrestling Alliance in becoming the official Japanese promotion of the NWA. All Japan got the benefit of bringing in foreigners with a pedigree to defend their NWA championships, including Dory Fung Jr. and his brother Terry, Mil Mascrez, Harley Race, and Ric Flair. Years later, with the collapse of the territorial system, however, All Japan left the NWA in 1989 and soon became a massive success surge in the 1990s. 32 years ago today, WWF presented the second edition of the main event from the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeated Dino Bravo in a flag match, airing on NBC. The Mega Powers Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage defeated the Twin Towers, Akeem, and the Big Boss Man. A lot happened during the match. I can either go through it with what I've written or, Sean, if you'd like to do it, 
you remember this stuff a lot more than I do. I left a lot of stuff out because I wasn't about to write all that crap in. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm not even looking at your notes because this was a huge event for me. Like it was a Friday night. It was 8 p.m. NBC prime time. And so well, that was uh, 1989. And so I would have been uh, about 13-ish uh, at that time. And a huge Randy Macho Man Savage fan. I loved uh, the Mega Powers. Not once again saying that I was not a Hulk Hogan fan, um, but Hogan worked for me when he was in tag teams with people that I liked. Uh, and then you got them going against the Twin Towers. At one point, you see uh, Bossman and Keem bounce off the ropes, and Keem actually falls through into the floor. And there had been. Uh, speculation that things were coming to a head with uh, the mega powers after all the jealousy things that were happening with uh, the mega powers at different events, SummerSlam, uh, Survivor Series, and uh, Royal Rumble. And then Savage got tossed out of the ring and landed on Elizabeth, which was other than being tossed to the uh, mat by Honky, which brought the mega powers together. This was the first major bump that Elizabeth had ever taken, and at least it was her husband falling on her instead of somebody else. But uh, she played really well uh, being knocked out. Hogan uh, went to her rescue, and uh, Savage continued the match. He ended up having to carry her, he being Hogan, had to carry Elizabeth back. Where was the EMTs to help the lovely Elizabeth uh, through all this? And then Hogan finally came back. There was a commercial breaks, and Savage was able to gut it out. But then when uh, the hot tag was supposed to happen, uh, Savage slapped Hogan and walked out. Hogan miraculously still got the victory over the Twin Towers because, well, everybody knows Hogan must pose. But uh, he didn't get to pose. He ran to the back to confront Randy. And there's a blooper I don't think it's available, definitely not on the network, but they were waiting for them to come back live because uh, it was live episode, and Dick Embersall was uh, doing a lot of the directing of the backstage uh, sort of things, and they were waiting for the comeback, and they came back, but they weren't doing anything, and you hear Hogan going, now, or something about action, and then they started uh, brawling as well, and Savage was in Hogan's face, and Elizabeth pleading for them to stop and Savage attacked Hogan. Beefcake came to the rescue and that was the mega powers exploding leading to WrestleMania uh, five uh, Trump Plaza second year in a row there. But it was almost a, a full story coming uh, around from the time Liz got pushed down Hogan and Beef, uh, Hogan and Savage coming together, Hogan helping Savage get the title. And then ultimately Hogan took the title uh, in the same place that he helped Savage get the belt. But I love that. It was long-term storytelling. Uh, and for me to remember it 31 years later without even having to look at notes is something that makes that uh, such a special thing that I don't think many people could do today with today's product. Yeah, it, it, uh, I, I remember because, <clears throat> I mean, I remember, but I don't remember like you do as far as photographic memory there uh, or videographic VHS graphic. I don't know. Um, but I was helping my father wall paint my grandma's house at that time. And uh, my dad uh, let me uh, put it on while we were doing it. And it was fantastic. 
and and uh, yeah, uh, this is where Akeem also had his little fall out of the ring too, wasn't? Was it not? Yeah, I mentioned about that. Uh, we did. I'm sorry. I was getting. I was getting a drink. So yeah, no, that's all good. You can uh, go on YouTube and find uh, that. I think it's even still on the WD Network. Uh, him falling through because uh, both uh, towers end up uh, bouncing off the rope and uh, Boston was closer to the um, hard camera so you didn't really see Akeem go out but if you are looking for it you can see uh, good old Akeem uh, fall through. Wait, he disappears and, he never comes back. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, um, what? Yeah, and, and in the end this was all because Hogan had lust eyes for, for Elizabeth. He did. He did. 25 years ago today in Queens, New York, the Eliminators defeated Cactus Jack and Mikey, Mickey, sorry, Mikey Whipwreck to win the ECW World Tag Team Championship. On the same night, Bam Bam Bigelow makes his ECW debut. 21 years ago today, the WWF and NBC announced a joint venture to form a new football league, the XFL. (coughs) 20 years ago today, Exactly one year to the date of the announcement of the formation of the XFL, the XFL played its opening game. I actually uh, watched all those uh, first opening weekends. Uh, I saw with the quick graphic that I had up there, unfortunately, was uh, the eight teams, Birmingham Thunderbolts, Chicago Enforcers, Las Vegas Outlaws, Los Angeles Extreme, San Francisco Demons, the Orlando Rage, uh, New York and New Jersey Hitmen and the uh, Memphis Maniacs. Uh, I think I was actually uh, cheering for the Orlando Rage on uh, this. And uh, my other team, I think, was the Vegas Outlaws. They allowed uh, people to have different names on the back of their jerseys. The one guy had He Hate Me instead of his real name. Um, I love the camera view that they did. Uh, they tried to make it a little too wrestling-ish with the uh, cheerleaders and trying to make them uh, seem more like Playboy uh, cheerleaders at the same time. And they were encouraging them to try and be in relationships with the football players so they could exploit uh, that sort of thing uh, on the field. yeah, they had a lot of yeah, different. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have had wrestling commentators commentating football. But no offense to him, I think Jesse. Uh, I actually watched maybe five minutes of one of the games, and uh, uh, Jesse is commentating it. And it's like, God, you can you can commentate anything. I like to hear him commentate curling. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the fact, that, like you pointed out, there was people like Craig DeGeorge who was a uh, former WD uh, or commentator uh, doing the event center. He actually returned to the fold. Jesse Ventura returned. You had uh, JR and uh, Jerry uh, commentating uh, football. They knew what they were talking about, but the unfortunate part is they put too much WDF into the XFL. You had Vince McMahon on the field welcoming people, which wasn't a bad thing, but then you also had The Rock in uh, welcoming people to the XFL. You had Vince McMahon trying too hard to say this is better than the NFL and everything. 
And so they had a lot of things, unfortunately, going against them because of that mentality. The one thing I definitely loved that they did bring and the NFL uh, picked up on was the camera view. And the one thing that I wish they would do uh, more and or, or bring brought to the NFL was their overtime rule where it was uh, match uh, play sort of deal instead of uh, one and done like you see mostly in the NFL. But they had some interesting things. It's just too much wrestling overtones in it. I'm just nodding my head in agreement because some of those um, uh, football terms, one and done or whatever the hell it was, uh, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. But anyways, um, I I even had a football teacher uh, for some of my classes in high school, and he tried to to teach how football works and uh, too much. So anyways, now that you know I don't like football – uh, 20 years ago, no, 17 years ago today at a SmackDown taping, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhani defeated the Basham brothers to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. It's a happy 65th birthday to Frederick Marty Janetti. Born in Columbus, Georgia, Janetti was an accomplished two-sport athlete while in high school, winning Golden Gloves events in boxing, wrestling, and many state tournaments. Marty began his career wrestling in the Kansas City territory of the National Wrestling Alliance. He teamed up with Bulldog Bob Brown, Dave Peterson, and formed the Uptown Boys with Tommy Rogers and found his most famous partner in Shawn Michaels. The two became the Midnight Rockers and would quickly find success, winning the Central States Tag Team Championship. Also in his rookie year, he took on Tiger Mask 2, Mitsura Misawa, and challenged Rick Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. In 1986, the Midnight Rockers joined the American Wrestling Association and would win the AWA World Tag Team Championship twice and the Southern Tag Team Championship twice before leaving for the WWF in 1988. After having some success in the WWF with the Rockers, a freak barbershop accident sidelined Janetti and would end the Rockers. And because of personal demons, he attacked a police officer, joined WCW, and his career would amount to disappointment. But hey, Marty was a fine wrestler, and we do, in fact, wish him a happy birthday. Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, how he is now a side note or an ism in wrestling, where if a tag team breaks up, people go, who's the Genetti of the team? Because uh, when Sean and him broke up on the... Uh, barbershop and he dove through the uh, window just to get away from uh, Sean um, his career flatlined it didn't it didn't really go down but it didn't go anywhere he did win a couple tag team titles with other partners uh, than Shawn Michaels uh, they should have won tag team titles since they were uh, tag team specialists but then we yeah. saw how Sean got tag team titles intercontinental titles world titles and just everything seemed to be so easy for him compared to Janetti having to uh, claw and scrape uh, for everything he tried for. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. And then if anybody followed Marty Janetti this past year, 
some weird stories coming out from him with his posts, wondering how young is too young to hook up with uh, uh, different females, and also uh, apparently killing uh, some guy when he was a teenager in a bowling alley and stuff like that. Whether you believe stories from Marty Jannetty anymore or not, the, he's definitely uh, trying to, I would say, compete with uh, people like Iron Sheik for uh, most entertaining uh, Twitter uh, postings and stories coming out, whether they're real or fake. It's a happy 80th birthday to Doran's uh Eastern Funk Jr., a.k.a. Terry's older brother, Dory Funk Jr. Dory was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2009. February 4th, 25 years ago today in Philadelphia, Sabu and the Tasmaniac defeated the public enemy, Johnny Grunge and Flyboy Rocker Rock in a double tables match to win the ECW World Tag Team Championship. 20 years ago today, Women of Wrestling, wow, presented their only pay-per-view, Unleashed. About uh, 9,500 were in attendance in only 6,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Wow would soon fold, but would try a comeback some 15 years later, presenting shows exclusively on their website. I have not checked if they're still actually around. If uh, you all want to give that a Google... I have seen a couple of uh, WoW shows. I think uh, I did see one on uh, the internet, and it had uh, uh, Paige's mom, uh, Soraya, mm. uh, was on uh, one of them and jumped from a uh, freezer or something, uh, one of those walk-in freezers that were at uh, the venue that they were at. Um, so, yeah, uh, they're around. I've been on the top of many walk-in uh, freezers, and... Those things can hold a lot of weight, so that that would be fun to see a wrestler go off one of those. Um, do, 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 do. 17 years ago today, at an NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping in Nashville, Tennessee, Abyss and AJ Styles defeated Red Shirt Security Joe E. Legend and Kevin Northcutt uh, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 16 years ago today at a Raw taping in Satima, uh, Satima, Satima, William Regal and Tajiri defeated La Resistance, Rob Conway and Sullivan Grenier uh, to win the World Tag Team Championship. Seven years ago today, WWE began quietly removing all references to CM Punk from their programming. And finally, it's been five years since wrestling lost Brian Knighton, best known to wrestling fans as Axel Rotten. It's believed McDonald's was his last meal as he was found dead in a golden arch bathroom in Lithium, Maryland. I don't even know how you try to say that one. He was 44. And that is the end of that. Well, thank you once again for uh, taking us through uh, the week of history. Um, wow, we're at about uh, 56 minutes. I, totally uh, unexpected, but there's a lot of memories to go through. Like, as we talked about the XFL, the main event, uh, some Royal Rumbles and uh, people's births. So uh, definitely uh, get a little in-depth on uh, some wrestling history. 
I'm looking forward to next week's because that's going to start with February 5th. And if memory serves me, uh, February 5th, 1988 was the uh, screw job with uh, Hogan and the double referees and Andre uh, taking the title and handing it to uh, DiBiase. So uh, we'll uh, talk about That's another memorable Friday uh, night. Uh, Was that a Friday night or a Saturday night? It was a Friday night. Uh, So we'll get into that. I want to encourage everybody to watch uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament and join us later on tonight for uh, Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? No, I I just want to thank everyone that uh, has ever recorded uh, what happens in wrestling, has sent it into a newspaper or magazine or whatever. Um, Without those people out there for years, long before computers took over our lives, uh, I wouldn't remember half of this stuff, let alone be able to see the details. So um, Google, Wikipedia, Cage um, fight, fighting.com, I think it is, or cage wrestling.com. Um, a lot of those are where I go to get a lot of uh, the details. And um, yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, we'll uh, dive into uh, next week's. Uh, it will be the uh, February 5th to 11th, I believe it is. And like I said, uh, subscribe, whether you're listening to us on uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And, of course, you're watching us, hopefully, on video yeah, on uh, YouTube or Facebook. So until later on tonight uh, for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, we'll see you again. Have a good evening. Mm-hmm. <laughs>